Mark Zuckerberg told The New Yorker the news source he definitely follows is TechMeme. So listen to the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast, the podcast anyone who's anyone in Silicon Valley listens to every day. In just 15 to 20 minutes, you get a rundown of what happened in the world of tech with all the headlines, context, commentaries, and tweets from all the biggest players. New episodes every day at 5 p.m. Eastern. Search your favorite podcast app for Ride Home and subscribe to the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast. Tired of spending hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Zenni offers thousands of affordable eyewear styles, starting at just $6.95. No ridiculous markups, no hassles, just quality, affordable eyewear delivered right to you. Visit Zenni today at zenni.com slash CNN. And good evening from Wilmington, North Carolina. The effects of Hurricane Florence are just being felt here and throughout the Carolina coast. It is expected to get far worse as we go tonight and obviously into tomorrow. The reason is water being described as a Category 2 storm with a Category 4 storm surge, as much as 12 feet of additional water. Because Florence is moving so slowly, the rainfall could be catastrophic in some areas. The ground here was already uh, soaked. The rivers and coastal areas have already started flooding in some places. Now, whatever this storm becomes, tonight is really only the beginning. We've got correspondents throughout the area. I want to first go to uh, Diane Gallagher in New Bern, North Carolina, where the water has been rising. Diane, what are you seeing? Yeah, Anderson, it's continuing to rise here. I'm in downtown Newburn right now in the middle of a street here. Now, just for frame of reference, I'm a little more than five foot ten. It has come up over my knees now. Uh, this water, we're again in the middle of a road here. I'm going to see if my photographer can kind of pan out. You can see that we still do have power here in Newburn. You can see the, the lights reflecting off of the water here right now. A lot of people here in Craven County do not, though. In fact, it's one of the top counties at this point in North Carolina. Carolina to lose power. We've been experiencing some of these larger gusts of wind in the past half hour or so. In fact, we got into our vehicle to move it to a safer location, and it was a little difficult for my producer, Jade, to drive for a week. We started seeing debris for the first time in the air. For the most part, it's been things here in the water. Now, this isn't necessarily uh, the ocean that I'm wading around that's come through Newburn. This is the Noose River, and in Craven County, they kind of have this perfect storm, if you will, of a flooding scenario. And that's because they've got the Pimlico Sound, they have the intercoastal waterways, they have the Noose River, and they're right up on the Atlantic Ocean. And all of that kind of comes together. So as Florence was coming closer to the coastline and those outer bands were reaching here in the northern part of North Carolina, we could see the water rising. We had to leave our initial spot this morning at a public park, Anderson, because it just wasn't safe for us. We were going to be trapped there. But I watched the water rise from right at my ankles to coming up to over my hips to where we had to leave. There were white caps and a current, and I can't go there anymore because it isn't safe. But just down the corner here, this street, you can see the current of the river coming through this city. Now, look, we're watching businesses right now, and I have to be careful because I'm going to be stepping up on a curb right here. But you can see they've got their, their boarded up windows, Newburn Strong here. We're seeing this across the entire city right now. Unfortunately, we've already been able to see some of that flooding go inside of these businesses in downtown right now. There's a an old structure here. It's a bar. It's been here since 1810. Uh, some people, because unfortunately we've seen a lot of them, even though officials have asked people not to be here and there is a curfew, people were out here taking pictures. They're like, look, we get a lot of flooding. But this is a little extreme, even for Newburn, especially since Florence hasn't actually made landfall and hit our area yet. Now, Anderson, as far as emergency services are concerned, their emergency manager, Stanley Kite, tells me that we have 700 people stationed around Craven County making sure that after the storm comes, we can do rescues. There's a dive team from Indiana here. We've spoken with the National Guard. They're ready. They know what they're doing in New Bern. But they need the people who live here to cooperate with them. Yeah, uh, Diane Gallagher. And again, that water could be on the ground for a long time and there's more to come. I want to go to Brian Todd in Hampstead, North Carolina. We'll check in with Diane a little bit later on. Uh, Brian, what are you seeing there in Hampstead? 
Anderson really getting pounded with another band of wind and rain here, and it's getting more dangerous as we progress into the evening. I'm on Old Landing Road, but right behind me here, this is the intercoastal waterway. Just look at how the water is pushing up onto this road. Now, this road does end uh, just a little bit over that way, but uh, this is not even high tide yet. High tide's not for a couple more hours, at least maybe a few more hours, and look at the water just pushing in from the intercoastal waterway right onto this roadway, and we're told it's gonna get a lot, a lot worse in the hours ahead. I'm gonna walk over here and show you another crucial part of this whole thing and the inland flooding uh, that we have to watch out for. This is the marshland that often protects these areas. It can absorb storm surge, it can absorb rain, but this isn't the kind of rain and storm surge that this area can absorb, and these marshlands are getting inundated. There are homes and businesses just beyond a tree line right here, and we're just, you know, we're very concerned at this hour that with high tide not even approaching yet, and you see what the water's doing on this road, once high tide gets here and inundates this area, pushes inland, the water is really not gonna have anywhere to go after that. Because as our meteorologists have been saying, once the high tide comes in, with all the rain that they're starting to get now and all the storm surge, it's even when high tide recedes, it, it just can't go anywhere. So these areas are starting to get inundated. You know, on the way in uh, to this point, we passed it, an assisted living facility with a lot of cars in it. I called uh, the emergency management people here in Pender County and I asked about that place because we all have memories, of course, of what happened in Florida last year after Hurricane Irma and the elderly people who died in that facility. Um, I said, you know, are you going to evacuate that place? Are these people in any danger? One of the officials said that place is built to withstand a Category 4. They're confident that it's far enough inland that those people will be safe. But that's something we're going to be keeping an eye on, Anderson. Yeah, Brian, you talked about high tide. There, you know, with, with the, the amount of time this storm is probably going to sit in this state, uh, it's going to go through several tide cycles. Uh, so you're going to be seeing uh, all of the effects of that over the next uh, several days. Uh, Brian, we'll check in with you. We've just gotten a new update uh, from the National uh, Hurricane Center. Uh, I want to get the latest on that from our CNN meteorologist, Jennifer Gray. She's been putting it all together for us. She joins us now with the, with the latest. So, Jennifer, what does this storm look like? Because i got to tell you, there, there's a lot of I've, some people come up to me already and said, you know, what's going on with this? We saw, you know, some bands of rain and wind here in, in Wilmington. Uh, and, and then, you know, we, now we've taken off our, our raincoats because it's not raining. Uh, it's not that windy. Uh, what are you seeing? Well, that's normal with hurricanes. You have the rain bands come, and then you won't have anything for a while, and then the next one will come. And then once the center of the storm gets closer and closer to you, then it will be a little bit more sustained. But I assure you that you will get another round before it's said and done, and you will get a lot more of it because the storm is just going to sit and basically camp out here for the next 24 to 36 hours. The latest advisory at 8 o'clock, winds of 100 miles per hour, still a Category 2, gusts of 100. 120. In fact, we have a gust near 100 miles per hour uh, near Cape Lookout. And so we're already getting very, very strong winds, strong gusts, and it's only moving at five miles per hour. And I want to just uh, tack on to what uh, Brian Todd was saying about the high tide cycles, because with this rain and the wind and everything pushing west, um, he's right. We're going to have another high tide cycle along these, this coastline around midnight, give or take a little bit of where you are. And once the tide starts to come back down, it's not going to come down because the water and the wind continues to push in. So basically each high tide cycle that we go through, the water is going to build upon itself because this water is constantly being pushed in. And so uh, we're going to continue to have the rain. We're going to continue to have the flooding, the storm surge. All of that is going to last for the next 24 to 36 hours, Anderson. And just, I mean, the size of this storm, uh, you know, it, it went to a Category 2 uh, when folks woke up this morning, but it really doubled in size. It, it, it's been just, uh, it's been, you know, fascinating, kind of terrifying to watch how big this storm was and is. You're right. And it is. It, it doubled in size. This storm is massive. And I know we focus so much on the number, the Category 2, the Category 3. People woke up this morning and said, oh, it's just a Category 2. Not the case at all with this storm because 
75% of people die in hurricanes because of the surge and the flooding. And with this storm, yes, it's a Category 2, but the storm surge and the flooding is going to be that of a Category 4. The storm has incredible momentum, and it's been carrying that with it for days now. And it doesn't just go away because the winds decrease a couple miles per hour. That's staying within the storm, and that's going to push all of that water inland. We are still going to get the storm surge up a Category 4. And if you say you're home can withstand the winds of a Category 2, that's not the takeaway from this storm. The takeaway is that your home could have 11 feet of water inside of it. And so it's not going to stay on the foundation in a lot of cases. And well inland, even if you've evacuated inland, we are still going to see the water overfill the banks because it's going to get clogged up into those river systems with that constant push of water for a day and a half. You know, Jennifer, I think what you said is so important. I just want to reemphasize it because, you know, I I do think there are people who are watching right now who see, uh, you know, the storm looks like it's kind of diffused or breaking up from from what it was. Uh, The eye is not as as, uh, well organized as as it once was. Uh, But as you say, it is water. Uh, that kills the majority of people in in hurricanes. It is not the wind as much as people focus on on the wind. No, 8% of people die from the wind. 75% die from the water, the surge, the flooding. Let me show you on the floor what we're talking about when we talk about storm surge because people focus so much on the wind and the wind is not the, is not what's important here with this storm. This storm is very unique. The storm surge is going to come on in two feet. Um, it's going to start get close to your home. By the time the storm surge gets up to four feet, it will inch closer to your home, maybe get inside your home. By the time it gets to 11 feet, that first floor is completely flooded and you may not have anywhere to go. And we're not just talking about coastal communities. We're talking about inland locations as well, because that surge is going to go up into those rivers well inland and it could possibly inundate those communities. And we've talked about this for several tide cycles. This is going to last. It's not a typical storm where it comes in and it leaves in a couple of hours. This storm is going to stay here for a very, very long time. It's very unusual for a storm to just sit here like this, Anderson. And, of course, as soon as I said it stopped raining, it started raining again, so I'm an idiot. Just in the (laughs) next few hours, just quickly, what can we expect? Well, let's go back to the wall, show you in the next couple of hours, we're going to continue to see the rain. We're going to continue to see the wind. Uh, The storm is going to continue to push that water. So the next couple of hours, um, just continue to see that 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 water push inland, push to the west. The rain is going to continue to come down. Uh, And like you said, it's going to go come and then sometimes it won't be there. But the closer that storm gets to shore, that's when we'll start to see the more relentless rains along with the wind. Um, So I think by mid-morning tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, that eye is going to be very, very close with it only moving five miles per hour. It's going to be well into tomorrow before it gets um, close enough. But with with winds already wow. at 100 mile per hour gusts at Cape Lookout, uh, people are already feeling the effects big time. All right, Jennifer, I appreciate it. State and local officials obviously very busy tonight. We're joined now uh, by two, uh, Woody White, who chairs the board of county commissioners here in uh, New Hanover County, and Wilmington Mayor uh, Bill uh, Zaffo. Thanks so much both for being with us. Uh, Mr. Mayor, I, what is your message to people tonight who, who are watching this here in Wilmington or elsewhere in North Carolina and think, well, maybe this isn't so bad. It, you know, it's, it seems kind of slow and we haven't seen a lot of wind or a lot of rain. It's a slow-moving storm. It's going to come in. Uh, it's going to take. Uh, it's going to move 100 miles in 24 hours before we get to the eye wall. It's going to dump a heck of a lot of water on us, 24 to 40 inches. Be, up to 40 inches. Up to 40 inches in in isolated areas. Be vigilant. This is this is a very big storm, and it's going to take a while for it to get through to through this area. But when it finally gets through, we'll assess what the damage is. But we're definitely going to have damage from this storm. And, and Woody, just in terms of shelters, I know, and a lot of people have left. Uh, but there's there were five shelters here in Wilmington. Uh, how's that situation? It's great. We've staffed over, we've sheltered over 480 people here locally, 250 inlands in, in Wake County. And the staff there, the sheriff's deputies and the, and the county personnel are just doing an incredible job. And, you know, it really speaks to how we implement the best practices and the, the preparation we do over the years, but also the experiences that we have down here, Anderson, and going through these events so often. Uh, we're prepared. We're good at what we do. 
and it's an incredible thing because the community comes together before, during, and after the storm. You really, you opened up, in fact, you increased capacity at some of the shelters because uh, you were getting so many people last night. Yeah, we did, and we, we were, were fully staffed at, or pardon me, the capacity full at one. We have capacity at the four others, but at this point, it's really time to hunker down. Nobody needs to be out there right now. Wherever you are, stay safe. The first responders are ready to deploy the moment the storm passes. Uh, just in terms of uh, what Wilmington looks like with 20, 30, 40 inches of, of rain in some areas, I mean, this area here, do you expect it to be water? We expect it to be over that boardwalk. And, and we and we also expect the, the Cape Fear River to crest sometime on Tuesday. So we're going to have a tremendous amount of water coming down. Not till Tuesday. You think that's when that's when it's going to reach that, its height? That, that's what the anticipated crest time is for this for this river right now. So we're going to we're going to have a lot of flooding and a lot of water coming down this river. In the, the, next the record for days. the record for this river was back in Floyd in 1999. You expect it, it may go higher than that? That's what they're expecting today. Yeah. Uh, which sure. is, uh, I think, more than 23 feet, which is just incredible. And we're looking at possibly 25. So it, it's definitely going to be, it's going to break that record. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of other storms that you've experienced and that, that, that the city has experienced, how does this compare? You know, they're all different, Anderson. They all have unique personalities, and Mother Nature seems to know how to throw different curveballs, whether it's wind or storm surge or, or whatever. Um, but this one is bad in all three. And so while it looks like maybe it's better than we thought, we still are prepared for the worst. Matthew was bad just a couple of years ago. We still haven't fully recovered from it. But ultimately, we always recover from these things. And that's what people need to realize is that this storm comes, it goes, and when it leaves, we all unify and we work together to rebuild this community. It's also such a slow-moving storm. There, you know, there's a lot of people who have been through hurricanes, but not necessarily a storm that is so slow. I mean, you could outwalk this storm uh, when it comes makes landfall. Uh, and just, you know, sitting in your home for two or three days, people get antsy. They want to, to, to get out. Exactly. Nobody, as far as I know, and I've lived here all my life, I don't know anybody that has seen such a slow-moving storm, and this is going to be on top of us for literally two whole days. Just in terms of uh, pre-positioning, you talked a little bit about this. You feel like things are pre-positioned for first responders, other supplies afterward? Absolutely. They have about 100 miles from here. Duke Power has got a, a tremendous amount of resources that will come into the area after the storm passes to get power back on and that's one of the main things that we've got to have especially this time of the year down here in the south we've got to have that power back on so people can get to start working on repairing their homes i know you guys have been working hard and you have a lot ahead of you any final message you want for people here two things we have pre-positioned food and water for up to sixty thousand people for four days to feed them the second thing i'd like to say anderson are the emails and phone calls are pouring in from across the country to help after the storm Folks in North Carolina can dial 211 to get connected with the United Way. And outside the state of North Carolina, I think your uh, your network has the phone number to display to call. We want your help. We need your help. And we really appreciate all of the Americans and the North Carolinians coming together to help us after this is over. I appreciate both your efforts, and uh, we'll be talking to you in the days ahead. Thank you Thanks, very much. Thank I know you got a lot of work ahead of you. Thanks very much. Uh, our coverage continues uh, right after a, a short break. A lot more uh, uh, about what's going on here in North Carolina. I'll also speak with the town manager. Carolina Beach also had President Trump uh, talking about the death toll in Puerto Rico, denying uh, that 3,000 Puerto Ricans died in the wake of Hurricane Maria. We'll keep him on us next. Tired of spending hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Our friends at Zenni Optical offer a huge variety of high-quality, stylish frames and state-of-the-art optics starting at just $6.95. You can get multiple frames with this great pricing for less than one pair elsewhere. Start building your eyewear wardrobe from the comfort of your own home at Zenni.com. With the latest trends in eyewear, available in hundreds of frame styles and materials, there isn't a better way to change it up for every season. Plus, Zenni offers prescription sunglasses at incredible prices. Visit Zenny today at zenny.com slash CNN. That's Z-E-N-N-I dot com slash CNN. Hey, welcome back. We're live from Wilmington. Uh, Hurricane Florence is moving very, very slowly, carrying enough rain and storm surge uh, to potentially cause catastrophic damage. I want to get the latest now from our Ed Lavendera, who's to the north of us in uh, Jacksonville in uh, North Carolina. Ed, how are things? Hey, Anderson. Well, we have been on the north side, the top side of this storm, 
Uh, we're really so far throughout the course of this day, at least, uh, the brunt of the storm and the heavy winds and rain uh, that have been packed, at, packed into this storm and lashing out against the coastline. This is where the brunt of that we have seen throughout the day. We have driven from Moorhead City uh, to Jack South to Jacksonville, where we are. Uh, for the most part, everything seemed to be holding up rather well, but it is still extremely early. We've spoken with emergency officials uh, in these areas, and what they're really the most concerned about is that flooding situation uh, that will come with this storm surge. For now, the winds have been coming out of the north down to the south, so that has essentially pushed the water, uh, for the most part, out of uh, the, the cities and the communities for the most part. But we know that that's going to change in the hours ahead, and that's when the scenes around here could dramatically change as well. So that, that is the uh, what emergency officials and first responders are preparing for uh, and expecting uh, here throughout the next few hours as uh, the storm slowly creeps toward the coastline. Those winds start to shift, and that's when things here can dramatically change. As I mentioned, uh, it's that those low-lying areas that officials here are the most concerned about. We've seen in the areas that we've driven through Anderson, for the most part, uh, uh, areas where the, the power is still on in, in many places. Uh, that That's a, a, a good sign. Uh, the longer that can stay up and functioning, obviously, the, the better for people who have chosen not to evacuate. But emergency officials tell us that for the most part in these areas from Jacksonville north to Moorhead City along the coastline, they feel like the majority of the people have evacuated from these areas. There are still a good number of people who have chosen to stay back. But right now, you know, we're in between one of these bands of, of the heavy rains and, and winds, uh, but they're starting to get uh, smaller and smaller the, the times that they, uh, the, the, the amount of time that it goes uh, between these bands. So clearly a sign uh, that the, the center of this storm approaching and getting much closer, Anderson. Yeah, uh, Ed, uh, thank you very much. Stay safe, uh, you and your crew. Uh, I want to go back to Brian Todd in Hampstead, North Carolina. It appears to be getting a little bit worse from when uh, we last talked to, uh, to Brian. What's going on there, Brian? Well, Anderson, it is getting a little worse. The rain is certainly picking up, and the wind is starting to whip around here. You know, as you know, being in these for so many years, when you start to get rained on sideways, you know it's getting serious, and it is. You can see this, this band hitting me right now. Um, you know, again, the storm surge right where we are is really getting to be a problem. This is uh, the intercoastal waterway basically just creeping up this road more so each minute. And as we get to high tide close to midnight, this is going to be worse. I'm really getting hit with a band right here. Uh, you know, it's coming off the marshes too, Anderson. And when the storm surge overwhelms the marshes like uh, they are right to my right, uh, that's a bad sign because this water in a couple of hours is going to have absolutely no place to go. I just checked in with the local emergency management people again about this assisted living facility that's not far from here down this road. Uh, they have 174 elderly people in there, but they say it's built to withstand a Category 4 hurricane. They're confident right now that they can ride it out. But as you know uh, from last year and that horrible experience after Hurricane Irma with those elderly people dying in that assisted living facility, that's something you always keep an eye on in this kind of weather. Obviously, the conditions then were much different. It was a heat situation. This is driving wind and rain, and this is flooding, but it can be just as devastating. We were also at a nuclear power plant earlier today, the Brunswick nuclear power plant, which has the exact same design as the Fukushima nuclear power plant, which was overwhelmed with these catastrophic meltdowns seven and a half years ago, um, and they were, they were, we were talking to them about their preparations for this. They said they were putting metal flood barriers around that facility uh, down in uh, Southport, which is just a little bit south of Wilmington, um, but that they feel that they're far enough inland, they're four miles inland, and they're not, right, they're not right on the Cape Fear River. They're a couple of miles from the Cape Fear River. So they believe that they're not close enough to water for that facility to be compromised by flooding, and they've taken other modifications, Anderson. But these are two facilities that we're watching closely tonight. These are, the, you know, based on past experiences yeah. with these assisted living facilities and on the other side of the coin with nuclear power facilities, those are the areas that can be really compromised to devastating effect. Anderson. Yeah, uh, Brian, appreciate that. And again, with water on the ground, this, you know, a lot of this water is going to be on the ground for days and days. You heard the mayor here in Wilmington just a second ago uh, saying that uh, the, the river, the uh, Cape Fear River, uh, they don't expect it to crest until Tuesday. Gives you a sense of the length of time 
uh, that, that folks are going to have to be very aware of, uh, of water on the ground and very concerned about moving around uh, if, if they are able to even move around very far. You know, we've been getting uh, the, uh, the up-to-date forecasts, uh, and that's all made possible because of hunter pilots who are helping to track the storm, flying into the storms, putting sensors into the storm. Flight Director Jack Parrish uh, is aboard a high-altitude Gulfstream jet, uh, which, uh, which drops these sensor probes to measure winds and other conditions that are steering the storm. Uh, the data then goes into the forecast models. They really make it all possible. I spoke to Jack Parrish uh, just a little bit earlier before we went on air. Uh, where are you in relation to the hurricane right now, and what are you seeing? Anderson, I'm on NOAA 49, the high-altitude jet. We've been dropping weather packages all around the storm. We are coming over the Florida coast right now to return to our home base at Lakeland. The NOAA hurricane hunters have been profiling both north and south of the storm, trying to get the steering currents on where this thing is going. So I know you've been doing this for more than three decades. How does this storm compare to others you've seen? This one reminds me a great deal of way back in 1985, Hurricane Gloria. Perfect storm in the northern Bahamas. It went up to Long Island. It became something like a Cat 1, but the wind spread all the way from New York City over to Cape Cod. This one is doing something similar. The winds are spreading way out. There's a strong pressure gradient between Long Island and uh, Cape Hatteras. And so very strong onshore winds all the way up the east coast on this particular storm. And those sensors that you drop in, can you explain what kind of data it gives to, it gives us? Yes, sir, Anderson. The NOAA jet drops these uh, cylindrical packages. They weigh about a pound, and they give you pressure, temperature, humidity. They use GPS to give you wind direction and wind speed. They give you data four times per second. We're recording that data in real time. We put it into a uh, measure. All, all the data is good. Send it out in a drop sound message, and it goes right into those computer models that are telling us how quickly uh, Florence will go ashore and how strong it will be when it goes ashore. Well, Jack, we appreciate uh, all the work that you and your crew are doing. Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate it. Anderson, the pleasure talking with you again. You take care of yourself, sir. Well, more than 1,100 search and rescue personnel, 300 ambulances are in position for storm response, we're told. The Army Corps of Engineers says that 105 generators are in position, 15 more are on the way. Those are, no, we're not talking about small generators. Those are big enough to power hospitals and, and schools, facilities where people are seeking shelter, trying to be as ready as possible for what is ahead is obviously on everyone's mind. Joining me right now is Michael Kramer, town manager of Carolina Beach, uh, North Carol Carolina. Michael, uh, what is your biggest concern at, at this hour from what you're seeing? Well, presently, now that the uh, storm has actually reduced in speed, our main concern is the storm surge and the rain. We're talking about 20 to 40 inches of rain and 9 to 13 foot storm surge. Uh, to put that in perspective, most of our housing on the coast is elevated. And that would mean that even with an elevated structure, you'd have water on the first floor, the first habitable floor. So for, for anybody who has stayed behind, who thinks just because they're, they're in a structure that's elevated, uh, they need to be on, on, on their guard because uh, they could very, well, very easily have water in their, in their first floor. Very much so. And that's why our council uh, earlier in the week went and issued a, uh, a mandatory evacuation for 8 o'clock last night and then a curfew for 8 o'clock last night, trying to encourage people to leave because this will be a devastating event for rain and storm surge. And people aren't used to that here. We do get storms, and our storms are usually in the one and two category type storms, or at least they have been recently. But this one is a little bit different with that storm surge and the amount of rain. Yeah, and the length of time also that it's going to be just kind of sitting there. Michael Kramer, uh, appreciate it. We'll check in with you again when we come back. Two tweets uh, from President Trump about hurricane victims in Puerto Rico uh, that have people questioning not only the president's command of the facts, but also his basic decency. We're joined by the mayor of San Juan. Keep it on when we continue live from the Carolina coast.
Remember, to create an ad like this one, visit purewinning.com slash CNN. We're obviously tracking uh, Hurricane Florence very uh, closely. We're keeping an eye on it. We're going to come back to it. But this next story we need to tell you about, it would be stunning, frankly, at, at any time. At this moment, though, it's hard to even kind of find the words, because even as millions of people here are living what th- could be a devastating, potentially for some a deadly hurricane, President Trump spoke out again today about Hurricane Maria and Puerto Rico, tweeting, should point out, from the comforts of the executive mansion, he had this to say to anyone who watched a parent die or buried a husband or maybe even a child. And I'm quoting here, 3,000 people, the president tweeted, did not die in the two hurricanes that hit Puerto Rico. When I left the island after the storm had hit, they had anywhere from six to 18 deaths. As time went by, it did not go up by much. Then a long time later, they started to report really large numbers, like 3,000. The president went on to say, this was done by the Democrats in order to make me look as bad as possible when I was successfully raising billions of dollars to help rebuild Puerto Rico. If a person died for any reason, like old age, just add them onto the list. Bad politics. I love Puerto Rico. Well, his words were not an accident. They are, in fact, a lie. And the starkest version yet of a cruel series of self-congratulatory statements and tweets in which a tragedy for millions becomes, by the president's way of thinking, a triumph of one. A triumph of one, because you might remember the other day he called his administration's response to Maria, quote, an unsung success. Don't tell that to Miriam Rodriguez, because her husband, Natalio, was on a ventilator. When they lost power, he lost air. He died. Miriam was not the only one who watched a loved one die unnecessarily. Yet to the president, it's as though her husband, Natalio Rodriguez, never even existed at all. Same for the thousands of other families, American families who lost loved ones. American families who today had to listen to their president lie about how their loved one died. It is unthinkable, really, or at least it should be. The death toll, 2,975, was arrived at by a study that was commissioned by Puerto Rico's governor. It was done by the nonpartisan School of Public Health at George Washington University. They worked on it for months. It follows an earlier survey from a team at Harvard, which estimated nearly 4,700 excess deaths in Maria's aftermath. The George Washington study, which the university, by the way, backed up and reaffirmed today, found that people died from unsafe drinking water, heat, lack of power to run ventilators and kidney machines, lack of access to basic medical care, treatable conditions, horrible ways to die. Horror that is invisible, it seems, to at least the president of the United States. And even some of his staunch supporters are not behind him on this. The question is, what does he see that even they don't? Well, we got one answer late today from White House spokesman Hogan Gidley, a statement trying to explain what the president tweeted. I want to read it to you. It reads, as the president said, every death from Hurricane Maria is a horror. Before, during and after the two massive hurricanes, the president directed the entire administration to provide unprecedented support to Puerto Rico. President Trump was responding to the liberal media and the San Juan mayor, who sadly have tried to exploit the devastation by pushing out a constant stream of misinformation and false accusations. Now, keeping them honest, that statement is trying to make the incomprehensible somehow understandable, as if it were somehow normal for presidents to say this sort of thing. It is not. The statement ignores the very words that it purports to defend. The president did not tweet that every death is a horror. He made a mockery of what people saw with their own eyes, what local funeral directors, medical examiners, reporters on the scene, researchers, and first responders all saw firsthand. Americans died from Hurricane Maria and the inadequate response to it. We may not know all their names, but I can tell you their families do. What we know for certain is that the president of the United States has disrespected the dead of Puerto Rico today, and he disrespected the living who will live the rest of their lives with the pain of loss and the pain of knowing that their president, in his heart, does not see their loss for what it truly, truly is. San Juan's mayor, Carmen Yulín Cruz, joins me now. Uh, Mayor Cruz, I, I can't imagine somebody who has lost a loved one in Puerto Rico hearing the president of the United States saying that nearly 3,000 Puerto Ricans did not die uh, in the wake of the storm because of the storm. What are you hearing? What went through your mind when you saw what the president tweeted? Well, Anderson, to to politicize a death count in the wake of Hurricane Florence is despicable. Uh, This is a new low even for President Trump. Now, it is to be expected that the president has this ability to make everything about him 
and to try and belittle and diminish and call fake news or fake facts uh, anything that does not agree with the spin that he's trying to put on things. People in Puerto Rico are irate, they're furious, and mostly they're appalled. They, they can't even understand, first of all, why or the President of the United States facts don't seem to matter and truth don't seem to matter. Uh, you know, he talks about the Democrats being the ones uh, that did this to him, and, and he includes myself. It's almost as if he suffers from uh, the world is against me complex or, or a conspiracy phobia. Uh, you know, no one has to make the president look bad when it comes to Puerto Rico. He did that by himself when he neglected to do what he had to do. And, and my fear now is that rather than uh, focusing himself on North Carolina and South Carolina, that he continues this, this tirade of self-accolades and that he continues to think that he's doing everything right and people will die in those two states because of that. You know, I, I mean, if anything, first of all, the, the, the 2,975, that's probably a conservative estimate. If anything, the, the, the government has, you know, stuck to an artificially low death toll of 64 people for, for really this past year. Uh, and it's only and in fact, made, according to the researchers from Harvard, they said that the government made it difficult uh, for them to even get access to mortality statistics. It made their survey all the more difficult. The government of Puerto Rico did support this GW study, and, and the governor has made this the the uh, the official death toll. Um, but it, it's you know t- the idea that this is a number that just has come out of the blue. I mean, this is this is a, a legitimate scientific study, uh, and there have been other surveys and other reporting that back it up. Not only not only that, Anderson. There's one data point that unless the president wants to call FEMA a group of bunch of liars, he cannot deny FEMA received in the past month two thousand and four hundred and seventy one. Um, applications for funeral assistance. So at least they have to acknowledge 2,471 deaths. Now, to add insult to injury in this unsung success fantasy book that the president is trying to write, FEMA only approved 75 of those applications for funeral assistance from the 2,471 that people applied for. So he doesn't want to believe the 2,975 from George Washington University, and he doesn't want to believe the uh, more than 3,000 from Harvard University. He should at least understand that the fact that his own government processed 2,471 requests for funeral assistance from FEMA and approved only 75, that number should at least burn in his soul Somebody should really, some of his advisors, somebody from the White House, should try and save the president from himself because he continues to dig himself into a hole. And again, in a day where all the attention should have been to Florence, he continues to try to be undignified by tweeting and bullying the people of Puerto Rico. Well, we will not stand for it. President has been delusional. He continues to be uh, harassing the people of Puerto Rico, and enough is enough. Mayor Carmen uh, Yulin Cruz, I appreciate your time. Uh, thank you very much. I want to uh, introduce you to uh, uh, Carmen Cruz, no relation to the mayor. Her mother died in Puerto Rico waiting for an operation at a hospital that ended up losing power. Uh, Carmen, thank you for being with us. I'm so sorry for your loss. I can't imagine what it's like to be a person who lost, uh, in this case, your mom in the wake of the storm to then be told by the President of the United States that your mom didn't die as a result of the storm. What went through your mind? I'm disgusted. It's so disgusting because that's my mom. And I, prior to that, I lost my aunt, too. So it's very hurtful for to me to read that, and it's just appalling. It's disgusting. I cannot believe somebody in that power can easily just talk like that. And what does he gain on that? That's just more disrespect on his own that... People are not going to have anything on him. I can't stand him. He's just, 
I'm, I'm just without words because you don't do that. Basically, you're telling me that we're not human. We're not part of anything. And But I see what's if going on in, in North Carolina. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I see what's going on in North Carolina, and I appreciate that, you know, they're ahead and they're there and they're waiting to help others. Why couldn't that happen in Puerto Rico? That right there tells me if a lot could, that... If Go you ahead, could I'm just sorry. tell us a little bit about 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 your mom, and 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 I know it's hard, but but just so people understand what happens, what happened to so many people in the wake of the storm, how, how she lost her life. Well, she was um, had to go to the hospital because she uh, gained water in her lungs. So when she went to the hospital, she stood there. At the day that she died, she was supposed to get the operation. But there was no power. The power had gone. The generator broke. So, and meanwhile, while they were waiting for it to get fixed, she had three heart attacks at the same time because of the water she regained inside her body. It couldn't take it. So her body just gave up, and, and she passed away. And she didn't have, because there's no resources for her at all. Tell me your mom's name and, and just tell me a little bit about her in, in case the president is watching, just so he, he knows your mom's name and knows the sure. lo- about the life she lived, not just how she lost her life. Oh, sure. She was beautiful. She was awesome. Her name was Isabel Rivera Gonzalez. Um, she was married to my dad for 33 years, and they moved to Puerto Rico. She was energetic. energetic. She loved to dance. She loved to hear music. She loved to cook always there for us. She dropped everything for a dime. And you know what? She had 10 to 15 more years in her life because she comes from a strong Puerto Rican family. Her brother right now is 93. And her mother and her dad passed at 100. So she had more to life than I can even imagine. That's how strong and beautiful she was. And she loved to love to hear music. She would always tell me, come on, Tina, let's go. Let's go um, dance. Let's go listen to music. And I would sit there and we'll just listen to her to dance. She was just beautiful. And she would go with her. Her brothers would be there, too. And they would just dance and mingle and, you know, have a little cocktail. But it was always, always about to have fun. And she loved dominoes. You can give it up to her. She <laughs> can be twin dominoes anytime because <laughs> she was awesome uh-huh. at it. Yes. Well, always with her brothers. Carmen, I'm I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for your loss, and I'm so sorry we're talking under these circumstances. And I I appreciate you telling us about your mom a little bit and and, and letting people know about about her and about her life. Thank you, Carmen. I thank you. I appreciate it, Anderson. Thank you so much. Well, up next, despite mandatory evacuation orders, there there are people, obviously, who are choosing to stay and and ride out the storm. I'm going to speak with a couple uh, who are staying through the night on their boat, uh, which is docked in the marina actually behind me. We'll talk to them in a moment. I'm Andy Katz from March Madness 365, and on this edition of our show, I'll be joined by Syracuse's Tyus Battle. I've been just trying to improve all facets of my game, just being able to be more offensive, throwing the ball different ways, shooting the ball, I think that's improved, and uh, just my playmaking ability as well. Subscribe to March Madness 365 now at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Well, as Hurricane Florence is beginning to hit, the message from North Carolina's governor is this. You put your life at risk by staying. Not everyone, of course, heeding the warning. Joining me now are Dee and uh, Burt Bridges. They are riding the uh, the hurricane out in their boat in the marina uh, behind me. Thanks so much for being with us. You, you live on your boat. What made you decide to stay? Uh, well, our boat is, uh, we live on it. And this uh, we uh, decided to uh, manage our risk by coming here to in Wilmington. And, uh, Do you feel like this is a pretty safe, like the marina is a safe place to be? This is a famous hurricane hold uh, marina. So it's famous for uh, lesser winds and more mitigated tide surges back in this corner. There have been other marinas, I know, in Wilmington in the past where boats have ended up uh, on the on the streets and stuff. Uh, but you feel like this one is, uh, this is a newer one and you feel like it's safe? Oh, absolutely. It's a Cat 4 rated uh, marina. The holding is great. Um, and... The protection from the debris and stuff from the river has been all engineered and taken care of. So, absolutely. We, have we, you ever ridden through a storm on, on your boat so far? I know it's relatively recently that you've been living on the boat. 
Matthew. Matthew. We did Matthew in a sailboat upriver, uh, anchored out. How was that? Exciting and scary. <laughs> uh, yeah. So but you have experience with. Way, yeah. They're all exciting. They're all scary. And they're all taking a risk, you know. You, you take a risk when you live on a boat. Because they're talking on this river of, of uh, possibly setting a record and, and the river cresting, they're saying now on Tuesday. Is that, is that what you're much? Yeah, it would be much later. Right now it's actually very low. And, uh, but once the storm passes over Wilmington and uh, goes further west of us, then we'll start getting the surge back in. And that does concern us. Um, but, you know, there's a point where we know we'll have to leave when it becomes unsafe at that point. But by then, the winds will die down. So uh, it's sort of a wait and see. So if the boat, I mean, pardon my ignorance on this. I fantasize about living on a boat. I don't know much about them. If, I mean, if the water gets really choppy, and I know this is out of the wind in this marina, um, I mean, how, how do you secure the boat? How secure is it? Well, it's not going to be very choppy. There's not enough room for waves to build out on the river. And plus, uh, it's, it's dug into the, to the land here, sort of on the side of the river, not in the middle of it. And uh, it really, the winds is more about how much the boat pulls on the lines. Um, but it's just storm surge and how much the tide and the river comes up is the only thing we have to worry about. Have you had friends or family? I think you have kids who are, have, have graduated or aren't living on the boat with you. Have any, has anyone said to you, you should leave? Absolutely. They are blowing up our phone. Is that uh, right? Asking us to leave. You're going to get some more calls tonight after this, right? We've been given the hospitality of our boat friends. The the community in itself is a very tight-knit community, and and you wouldn't believe the outpouring that that they've offered up. I mean... uh, well, you're also near the hotel, so you can, you know, come in here if worse comes to worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we could. Yeah, we have a bug-out plan, but that's part of being prepared, uh, prepared right. and living on a boat. Yeah. You have one every day, yeah. not just because there's a hurricane. Yeah. It's every day. Well, uh, Dean Burton, I appreciate uh, talking to you, and uh, we'll keep we'll keep checking on you. We'll keep our eye on you, and uh, we'll see you soon, I hope. Yeah. Thank All right. you. All right. You take care. Um, I want to check in uh, with uh, Chris Cuomo, who's in North uh, Myrtle Beach. Uh, Chris, uh, how are things uh, where you are? You've been on the beach uh, all day. How's the conditions right now? Breezy and beautiful. Uh, That's what it is. And the deceptiveness of that is what the danger is. As we look at the radar, Anderson, we're seeing that Florence is starting to rotate, starting to make her way to the coast, 85 miles east-southeast right now, off of exactly where you are in Wilmington. And we're going to start to see bands. I was listening to you earlier. It was raining. It stopped. We know that's the way it goes. The question is, how long, how much soaking, how much damage will this storm do? We were just looking on and off at a beautiful waxing crescent moon that's popping in and out of the clouds. Once it begins, it's going to last a very long time, wave after wave. We'll be talking to local officials here who are in charge of policing the people who stayed behind. There's a significant number of people here in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. What happens if there's flooding for days or longer? We'll take you through it. All right, Chris, uh, we'll see you shortly. Up next, we'll also get the latest from another uh, city getting drenched from, uh, from Florence. Details ahead. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Howard Beck, and I've got former NBA champion and current Yes analyst Richard Jefferson on Bleacher Report's The Full 48. For me, winning the championship just validated, you know, me from a standpoint of like, all I ever wanted to do was win. All I ever wanted to do was win on a high, high level. And so to get that, then it just made everything feel like it was worth it. The Full 48 is now available on Spotify. And of course, you can always listen and subscribe on the Bleacher Report app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, Hurricane Florence is spreading heavy rain, strong winds, obviously all along the Carolina coast tonight, and it's really just beginning. As we've been saying, this is only the outer bands. Uh, the damage, the potential damage, only just beginning. I want to check in with our Martin Savage just a few miles north of here in, uh, in Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina. Uh, Martin, how are things? You know, the conditions continue to fluctuate, and I'm sure you've seen the same thing, Anderson. There are periods, actually, this evening where the weather has been almost benign, and then it starts to close in like it is now. So you get the heavy rains that begin to come down. We're in a slightly shielded area when it comes to the wind, but, of course, the real event here is going to be the flooding, and part of that's going to be as a result of storm surge, and we're on the intercoastal. That's always a worry. The other part of that is going to be the runoff. That's a more delayed kind of reaction. And then you have to worry about the wind immediately on the coastal frontage here. 
And that's another problem they got. A lot of these buildings are older buildings. They have not necessarily seen really hard-hitting storms in some while. So it means that they were built a different code, a different era. So they're going to be watching for that as well. Power's been a problem. We already know tens of thousands without power, primarily in the coastal areas. But this is going to be a statewide event. And as you've already pointed out, time is going to be the real factor here. But this storm, what's interesting about it is, of course, time and time again, just when you think you got it all figured out, it seems to throw something else at you. And it's been that way for forecasters. We noted the fact that it was thinking it was going to go north. Then it starts to drift south. It's having the steering problems it's having now. Looks like it may have stalled. The only real thing that's been consistent is the amount of rain they've talked about. And that will continue to be the driving story here and especially inland all the way to the western edge of North Carolina and beyond into states like Georgia. So this storm, as you say, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And also just, the, Martin, I mean, the size of this thing, doubling in size, really, uh, kind of, uh, you know, overnight, I guess it was, uh, when I woke up this morning, they said it had doubled in size, even though it had gone down to a Cat 2. Right. And, you know, size has an impact on the storm. One, in the sense that it's not going to react as quickly as smaller storms will to, say, it runs over the Gulf Stream, which would give it more energy. But a storm like this is already on its trajectory. It's already on its path. It's a big, hulking, moving, slow-moving monster. And it's going to wreak havoc, but over a long period of time. Yeah. Well, Martin, I appreciate you being there. We'll check in with you. A quick reminder, don't miss a full circle or daily interactive newscast on Facebook. Uh, We did one earlier uh, tonight at 625 p.m. Eastern, as we do every weekday night. It's at Facebook.com slash Anderson Cooper Full Circle. I hope you join us tomorrow night at 625 p.m. uh, for that show. Our hurricane coverage continues, obviously, right now. I want to hand it over to Chris Cuomo. Cuomo Primetime starts now. Chris? Are you ready to learn how to build a better consulting or professional services company? Then download the Liston.io show for the best sales and marketing advice so you can deliver your services to the people who need you the most. On the show, I'll be interviewing the smartest people in the industry to share what they know about building a better consulting business. I'll also give you episodes where I tell you specifically how to sell your services with confidence and how to transform into an influential leader in your industry. Your happy clients probably want to help you. It's too hard for them right now. You're asking them to do too much of the selling that you should be doing. Yeah, it's going to move. It's going to change. It's going to disrupt you at some point in time. Your most loyal clients are your most profitable. Ready to learn how other people are building the consulting company you've always wanted? Download the Liston.io show spelled L-I-S-T-O-N dot I-O wherever you get your podcasts. Before you go, we wanted to let you know that we just launched the ability for anyone to advertise on CNN Podcasts. You're just a few clicks away from reaching millions of people in a way that you never have before. Advertise for a business event or kick off an awareness campaign for your brand. Start today at purewinning.com slash CNN. Integrating podcasts into your marketing mix has never been easier. Go to purewinning.com slash CNN to get started.